Locked on NBA, the biggest stories, the local experts. Every Monday, we catch up with the biggest stories in the NBA with our Locked On Podcast Network host today. Of course, the NBA Finals, they're about to start. So we go to Phoenix to speak with Brendan Clean of Locked On Suns. And we go to Milwaukee to speak with Locked On Bucks host Kane Pittman. It's all coming up. The biggest stories with the local experts on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another week of Locked On NBA. I am your Monday host, Josh Lloyd. I'm also the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, and I'm the lead analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. We're here. The NBA Finals are finally ready to go. It's the Bucks. It's the Suns. So we're going to check in on both of those teams on today's NBA Finals preview. So let's get to it. And to start our NBA Finals preview for 2021, we're here to talk to the host of the Locked On Suns podcast, Brendan Clean is here. Brendan, the Phoenix Suns are in the NBA Finals. It seems like uh, something that you never would have imagined, I guess, at the beginning of the season, but they uh, they enter the NBA Finals. Do you think they enter as favorites? I think they, they probably have to, right? I mean, they've played well enough to back up their number two seed. You and I talked last week, and you were right to point out that they – have been this good for a while. I think there were obvious questions. They've played up to those. They've answered a lot of them. Their backcourt has been leading the way. And obviously with Giannis, the questions facing his health, the Suns are the healthier team. Chris Paul has a wrist thing that we'll have to see how it continues to affect him, but he was excellent in game six to close out the Clippers in the last round. So they seem to be good to go. The Bucks have a few more questions, and the Suns won both of these matchups in the regular season. So I think from a variety of angles, you have to feel pretty good about Phoenix right now. So we'll get back to the regular season stuff soon. Um, Chris Paul's wrist injury. Uh, yeah, look, you said great game six, he seemed fine, but he did have some tape uh, around his uh, fingers, and, and he said that he did have an MRI with some partially torn wrist ligaments. Is there any concern with that at all? Do we just wipe that away because of how well he played, especially in that second half? I don't think you wipe it away necessarily. I think it's obviously going to be something more so to me. It's can he be as aggressive as a scorer? Is he between the shoulder thing, which we still can't forget about from round one, the wrist now and still, you know, the the cardio ramifications of his absence from the health and safety protocol. He was not himself for a lot of that Clippers series up until game six. So it's not so much can he reach his peak, but it's more so will he be able to do that consistently? Because I do think this is a series where Chris Paul's, you know, play style and strengths could really help the Suns if he's able to do that. It's just a matter of if. So Phoenix remarkably goes in basically injury-free here. You know, Paul's dealing with this you know, potential wrist problem. Kevin Johnson missed game six with an illness, but he's right to go. All the key players are there. Everyone's ready, which is, uh, again, in this season, in these playoffs, is a bit of an anomaly. But that, I think I agree with that. That does give Phoenix the edge here heading into this series. Now, in terms of um, matchup issues, we saw the impact that you know, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday had for Milwaukee across the end of their series. And you know, we don't know Giannis's status at this point, but... Yeah, how do you think Phoenix Phoenix can match up there defensively against those players? Like, let's just use those three there: Middleton, uh, Holiday, and Antetokounmpo. Well, let's start with with um, the wings because I think one of the big things that I'm noticing and and feeling like is going to be a key heading into this series is that it's pretty likely that we're going to have to see Devin Booker guard somebody in a way that he hasn't had to for entire games 
in other rounds. You know, he had plenty of guys to hide on in the Lakers series. The Nuggets without Murray didn't have much in the way of guard depth that he was going to have to guard. And then the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, you know, the, the Suns were able to have Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder handle most of the defensive duties. So with this team, at least in their best lineups, you would imagine that Booker is going to have to guard Middleton a fair bit, would probably expect him to have to guard Holiday at times. And, you know, with how much switching I think we're going to see on both sides, it's going to look a lot like we saw with the Clippers where they're, the, the, the Bucks are likely to hunt Devin Booker. So I think that's a place to look. He's a much, much improved defender. He's mostly off ball is where you're going to beat him. Whereas, you know, most of this is, it, it's going to seem like he's going to be, you know, against Chris Middleton, who's, you know, more of a pick and roll scorer, a, a tough shot maker. So I think Booker's up to that task, but that's where I think I would look first. And then Giannis, it's, it's really going to be DeAndre Ayton again. Uh, a lot of moments between these two teams in the regular season, we saw Aiton on Giannis. That's even been the case dating back to when Aiton was a much younger player. He tends to get that matchup because the Suns haven't had a better option. I do think we'll see Jay Crowder there a fair bit, as we did when the Heat last season in the bubble played the Bucks, and Crowder did a pretty good job on him. Um, but it's it's going to be Aiton versus Giannis a lot. I think that's the headline matchup of this entire series. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be a matter of if Aiton, I think, can stay out of foul trouble more than anything. And then can the Suns, when Aiton is out there trying to handle Giannis, do they have enough rim protection and help defense to keep things patched up with Aiton exposed outside? Is there a way that Monty Williams can scheme things to hide Devin Booker on PJ Tucker? I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to be what they try to do. I think... Bryn Forbes is another guy that you're going to yep. see the you know a Chris Paul or a Devin Booker spend a lot of time on when possible so that they don't have to be involved in the action too much but you know I think if the Bucks are smart which you know on offense unfortunately has been a, an open question at times during even this postseason run for them they're going to try to uh, expose those those guards in a way of you know having PJ Tucker be a screener or things like that. Now, I know that's easier said than done with 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 Coach Bud, but um, I, I imagine Booker will become involved. That was what we saw a lot in the regular season of Booker ending up having to kind of keep his own against Middleton and players like that. So I think that'll continue. So when we talk about the, the regular season matchups, um, you, you said Phoenix won both of those. Were they uh, full-strength teams both ways? Not quite. Well, Obviously, uh, one key piece is Torrey Craig. He switched teams. Um, yep. And this was a, a situation where a lot of the people might forget, judging from how well the Suns have played small during the playoffs, but they spent a lot of the regular season starting big men. And so in both of these games, the first one, Frank Kaminsky started, second one, Dario Saric started, and, and we didn't get to see the full small ball Suns with Crowder at the four or Cam Johnson at the four, like we've seen so much in these playoffs. So that's a big change. And Drew Holiday did miss the game back in February when these teams matched up. So uh, not a perfect one-to-one, -one, but Paul Booker, Aiton, Giannis, Middleton, all of those players played both games. And the margin was two total points. The Suns won each game by just one point. So if that continues, this should be a really, really good series. I think these teams match up very well. Yeah, that'd be awesome if we could get some uh, some close games like that through the finals. But I'm, I'm glad you, you got to that area about the big men because uh, we did have those long stretches of Frank Kaminsky starting throughout the season. And you, you got DeAndre Ayton DeAndre going to guard Giannis, but that leaves Brook Lopez. So yeah, how does 
Yeah, Dario Saric is playing like as the backup big man at the moment, 11 minutes a game through the playoffs. Yeah, how can he handle a Lopez, Giannis, even a Bobby Portis front court? Do they have to get weird and throw more Frank Kaminsky out there? Because outside of those two, there is no backup bigs. There, there are no other bigs really on this team who are going to play. So yeah, how do, did Saric and, and Kaminsky handle those much bigger bodies for Milwaukee? Yeah, Frank, as you would expect, not super well. He was matched up with with Giannis in in the game when he started, and that's obviously a losing proposition, and he did not close the game. But to be fair, that was Jay Crowder's first game back from a foot injury back in February, so some of the semantics of, of why that happened are, are different now. I would say, generally speaking, the Suns, even though you know logic would tell you to try to play size when possible, I think they've shown that that's really not the answer for them. You think back to the Lakers series, they stayed small even when um, you know the Lakers had so much size to throw at them as well. So I think you're going to see Crowder defend Brook Lopez. That's what we saw during the regular season. That's what we saw in the first round for these Suns when Marcus Sol was out there and Anthony Davis was next to him and and Aiton had the the Davis matchup. They're not afraid to put Crowder on a big man, you know, dare them to post up, dare them to really kind of get outside of their offense to attack that mismatch. And Crowder is a strong player in and of his own. So he can rebound and he can do the things that a big man can do if you're, you know, just relying on him to do that in spots. So I think that's what we'll see. I do think Sharich will play. I think he has to play. You can't expect Aiton to be out there for 48 minutes. And Monty Williams has not wanted to go so small as to have Torrey Craig at center. That's an option. We saw at times during the regular season, but not much during these playoffs. And so it's, you know, can you survive those few minutes with Sharich out there? You know, the 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 Bucks fortunately don't have a DeMarcus Cousins to to get funky with in the same way the Clippers did. So, you know, it's a matter of can Portis attack Sharich on the roll? In isolation, can can he score enough to make Sharich's minutes painful for the Suns and make them adjust? Or on the other side, can you run some pick and pop with Sharich and and get Portis uncomfortable defending in space? It's a small subplot, but obviously those bench minutes can be important in a game that could be, you know, single digits like the regular season was. Yeah, like those bench minutes, they might only be you know, 10 minutes a game, but it can often swing in so many matchups by you know, multiple points and really change the, the complexity of the game. Really, really quickly. Um, McCall Bridges has been yeah, excellent throughout the regular season. Uh, t- to me, I think he's been a little bit off at times in the playoffs. Is there is, is that something you would agree with? You would uh, you would qualify that statement? And do you think that there is any particular reason, if that is the case, as to why that might be the case? Offensively, I agree. I think he's been tentative, which is a, a habit for him that, you know, frankly, he probably needs to kick to get to his best as an individual player. Obviously, the Suns are in the finals, and so you would say it probably hasn't held them back too much because, for the most part, his defense has been what you would like. Now, the reality is for him, and, and people might look at him and, and not necessarily expect this, but he, the Suns all season have been most comfortable with him on guards, on playmakers, on smaller players. So, Even in the Clippers series, when Paul George is is going off for 15 of 20 shooting, a career-high 41 in Game 5, the Suns mostly keep bridges on Reggie Jackson, even in that game. And so that's what I would expect to see is maybe times when bridges is actually going to be. This is very dependent on on how Giannis plays and if he's healthy because it it changes who needs to defend who. But you might see some, some possessions where bridges is actually defending Drew Holiday or a player like that 
instead of Chris Middleton because uh, Middleton has the strength, has the, the the physicality to his game, and he's one of the only players in the NBA who can probably get some shots off over the top of Mikhail Bridges. So that's going to be an interesting matchup as well because of the way Middleton plays and because of uh, Bridges' is not lack of strength, but he's not you know, a physical marvel in the way that a, you know, Kawhi or some of these other elite wing defenders are. You really want him defending guards. And so how Monty Williams deploys him and whether he can be effective against Middleton and how much he can be effective, that's going to be obviously pretty decisive because as you said, Middleton has been scoring the ball really well lately. Well, everyone is going to be tuning into Locked On Suns, Brendan. All Phoenix fans, all NBA fans should be listening to see how things play out for the Phoenix Suns in this NBA Finals, which starts in in a day or two. And uh, we're all excited to see how it pans out. Thank you for coming on Locked On NBA with me and uh, and discussing your NBA finalist, Phoenix Suns. Should be a fun series. Thanks for having me, Josh. Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. But do you know at the moment there's a limited time flavor? The Built Grasshopper Cookie. Unbelievable. Grasshopper. It's available this week only. You can get a new Built Bar flavor Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? Well, this is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and just 5 grams of sugar. Built Bar has so many great flavors. Nine Nine flavors that they keep in there all the time, and then they bring in other brilliant ones as well. But they're not only tasting great, they are also healthy. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and just 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. But if you order today, you can get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever other flavor that you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to built.com and use the promo code locked on and you get 15% off your order. The promo code is locked on at for 15% off at built.com. Now let's look at the Eastern Conference side of things. And we are joined today by Kane Pittman, the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Kane, the Bucks, they did it. They made it through without their superstar, Giannis Antetokounmpo. What's the, what's the latest with him? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, everyone right now has been a social media sleuth. As you know, Josh, everyone likes to take the cues from the videos that you get or watching him on the sideline during game six when the Bucks got through. But I think all in all, everyone is still kind of just riding the wave of, of feeling good about the fact that this isn't an injury that's going to take him out of the 2022 uh, season as well. It was a dark 24 hours if you're a Bucks fan for sure. But Look, honestly, he looks like he's moving pretty well. The latest we've heard from the team is that he's done some on-court stuff. I actually had a little bit of a concern as we saw the report. I I believe it was Chris Haynes that first went with this report that he would potentially play in a Game 7. I thought not only the benefit of getting to the finals, first of all, but the the benefit of not having the temptation to play this man in a Game 7 was significant for the Bucs because clearly he's not going to be at 100% yet. Um, But as we've learned with Giannis over the years, he will without doubt, be putting his hand up to play, I would imagine. Oh, you, you would imagine so. But uh, I've got to mention that our Road to the Finals NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And a 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Just a quick one for you, Kane, on Michelob Ultra. Don't you find it weird that Michelob Ultra advertises things in grams when uh, Americans don't use that measurement all that often? I never really thought about that. But it's a pretty good point, actually. Yeah, Just, I, I'm surprised. You know what? You know what the locked on... 
listeners alike. I'm surprised someone hasn't mentioned to me that they don't know what I'm talking about or that I'm trying to be too Australian. But that's a good pickup. Just it just yeah you know, to go back to the uh, the sponsor we had earlier in the show today as well. Built Bar does it as well. Seventeen grams of protein, mm. four grams of sugar. Uh, maybe maybe they're coming around to the metric system. Okay, maybe we're winning the whole country over. Well, they've been a little bit slow. I did say this in the in the twenty nineteen playoffs when I was I was still over in the states and uh, the Bucks played the Raptors and traveling to to Canada and those those beautiful kilometers per hour <laughs> Celsius. It was a fantastic trip. Well. Giannis doesn't have to worry about Celsius because this game is all—all all these games are being held here in uh, in the United States. Of course, Phoenix has uh, has the advantage over Milwaukee in terms of best record, uh, so they get home court. What's your gut feel if you have any on if Giannis is playing in Game One? Yeah, well, this is kind of interesting because when you think back to the game schedule of the conference finals, these teams were playing every other day. There was only one day off between these games. This, again, when you talk about the potential benefit of getting Giannis rest, I, I think, or at least if, if I had to guess, I mean, I think he's going to return during this series again, just knowing what Giannis is like. But they could potentially look at a scenario, and it's not that you want to put yourself in a position where you're giving away a finals game. I mean, let's be honest, it's all on the line right now. But the fact that they don't have home court advantage weirdly kind of feels like it might release some of the pressure on these first two games. We know it. It's such a cliche. But if you're the road team, you try and get one of the first two games. And the Bucs actually don't host game three until the following Monday or, or Sunday, I believe it is, in the U.S. So either way, it's a week from now as we're recording this. So an extra week of recovery time, particularly if Giannis doesn't get up for game one and the Bucs find a way to steal one of those early games, I think they'll be in a pretty good spot. Um, but I think having two days off between uh, two days off after game two, three, four, five, and six at least does give him that uh, extra rest opportunity. Do you think they'll go back with Bobby Portis, uh, who obviously started those games without Giannis against the Hawks? But how does that matchup look against Phoenix if uh, Antetokounmpo is not ready to go? Can we can we put Portis and Tucker out there at the three and the four? It's really interesting because I, I thought that the two options that they had heading into the games against Atlanta, game five and six, was obviously Portis or potentially Pat Connaughton was the other guy who we've seen a lot of the times play in that sort of small ball lineup when Giannis is, is still on the court. So I think that that's going to be the options they have again. Phoenix do present a little bit of a different challenge compared to Atlanta because uh, they did have John Collins and Clint Capella. So I think the Bucks like the idea of having that added size. So it wouldn't shock me if they went with Pat Connaughton. But then again, I don't think if you're looking at a potential lineup, whether it's whether it's Bridges, whether it's Crowder, I don't think that the Bucs are going to be all that worried with the, with the size. I think they could potentially look at, at inserting Pat Connaughton into that lineup. Who does Drew Holiday you know, get, get the major assignment? Is, is it Devin Booker or does he take Chris Paul? I think it's Chris Paul. I think it will be Chris Paul there. I mean, the one thing, or I don't want to say the one thing because he does a lot of great things defensively, but one of the great strengths of Drew Holiday is his on-ball defense. And we saw it probably at its best in game six against Atlanta where it almost gets to the situations where he's harassing whoever it might be, whether it was Trey Young or Bogdanovich, whoever the player was. And it's almost like he decides and he said, you know what, I'm just going to steal this ball now. I'm just going to rip it straight from your hands. We've seen him do it time and time again. So Chris Paul is an absolute genius, as we know. But I think if you can at least try and put him under some pressure with the ball in hand and not let him cruise around those screens and get to his spots, you give yourself a chance. And I just don't think that the Bucs have another realistic option to go with him. We've seen Chris Middleton do a, a pretty good job 
on Devin Booker in the past. I think that might be the matchup unless they're trying to uh, relieve him of some of that defensive um, strain that's going to be on him and go with P.J. Tucker. But I, I would suspect it'll be Drew Holiday on Chris Paul. Who, yeah, the, oh, not who, but the, the center matchup is interesting with, with Aiton and Lopez here. Lopez has had some games where he's played big minutes and played really well. Other games where he's struggled and his minutes limited. How has Brooke matched up against DeAndre in the past? Well, it, this is the really fascinating thing. Because if we assume that Giannis isn't going to play in game one, then the Brook Lopez that we've seen in games against Phoenix earlier in the season is kind of irrelevant because he's going to be playing a different role. And we saw that. I mean, there was a lot of shock at the fact that Brook Lopez played the way that he played in game five. But we've seen him do this with Giannis out of the lineup because when Giannis is there, he can get to the dunker spot and he can be that guy that can score within the three-point arc. And he's certainly done more of that since the All-Star break. But the opportunities to work in pick-and-roll scenarios, to be a role man, it's going to be far more limited when Giannis is out there. That's not a bad thing. It's not that the Bucks should run more offense through Brook when you've got Giannis there. It's just naturally how it occurs. So I, I think, again, he's going to be a big feature. Funnily enough, if you look at the two big men, um, this is according to NBA.com stats, and as a role man, the two players with at least 20 possessions as a role man in the postseason with the highest points per possession is Aiden at number one. And then Brook Lopez is actually just under them. So I think we're going to see a lot of this. Last time the Bucks and the Suns played, Milwaukee scored 64 points in the paint there. And it was actually Holiday and Middleton that did a lot of the damage. So I think that Brook is certainly going to be playable in this series. I, I, the question is going to be, as it was against Trey Young and Clint Capella, how does he defend the pick and roll? Because again, as we, we already mentioned, I don't think there's anyone better in a league at getting to his spots and taking advantage of mismatches than Chris Paul. Yeah, it is going to be a, a very intriguing series with, with these matchups and, and how it all plays out with you know the, the differences with you know, defensive schemes and, and trying to you know, counter what, what Chris Pauly is doing out there. Um, do you expect, if Giannis is playing, that Aiton is going to be guarding him? He, he did during the regular season, for the most part. Uh, the other interesting note is that back when they did last play, which was in April, Jay Crowder was coming off the bench. Um, Crowder, obviously a guy that has had experience against Giannis in the postseason. He was with that Miami team last year, which I'm sure is going to give uh, Bucks fans absolute nightmares because I, I think he shot like 100% on threes yeah. in that series. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, but look, I, I think that uh, Crowder will start. And what we know against Giannis, particularly if he's not at 100%, it's not so. It's it's never a one man job. We know that. It's it's multiple players and trying to wear him down physically, uh, getting in in front of him and basically turning him into a facilitator because the Bucks have been awful shooting the three all postseason long. So I would expect Aiton will obviously be the last uh, port of defense for the Suns, but I'd expect Crowder to see a fair bit of on him and and be super physical. It's going to be intriguing to see these two teams that have not tasted the finals in a very, very long time going at it here. Um, yeah, injury clouds, of course, over Giannis is the big thing as we head into this uh, this series. But one last thing, Kane, Dante DiVincenzo hasn't been mentioned. He's not playing. So the the, the, <laughs> the Bucks could be going, yeah. coming into this uh, down two starters while the Suns are fully healthy. Do you think that this gives the Suns an advantage or are you going to be completely biased and, uh, and <laughs> think the Bucks are going to win this? 
No, no. I mean, I, I think most people would say that if, if Giannis doesn't play, this is this is going to be a serious challenge for the Bucs. Uh, particularly, again, I mean, I, I spoke about potentially the benefit of Giannis having some rest but not having home court advantage as well. Phoenix has not been a building that Milwaukee have had much fun with in the last couple of decades as well. So, yeah, it would be an uphill battle if Giannis doesn't get back, no doubt about it. And thank you for mentioning Dante. We, no, one has, no one has brought this up. This guy's a starter. He is, and he's a key piece of what they what they do. Because otherwise, uh, without Dante, you, you run the risk, Kane, of uh, of Jeff Teague minutes. And I don't think there's too many people that want Jeff Teague minutes. But if you want to hear the Bucks' perspective on the NBA Finals, Kane's going to have it for us all over on Locked On Bucks. Kane, thanks for coming on Locked On NBA with me. Thanks, man. Anytime. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of that action at Bet Online as well as the NBA Finals, of course. Get that latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs. And before the next tip, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the championship. Head to that website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. That'll do it for today's show. NBA Finals, we're starting. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see these teams in there and to see what they're going to do. And of course, you're checking out Locked On Suns, you're checking out Locked On Bucks for the team perspectives and all of the information on Locked On NBA from a national point of view. We'll, we'll cover that right here. So you can follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Make sure you are following, leaving reviews, and that's awesome. And also, make sure, starting July 19th, you are aware of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It is presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former Phoenix Suns general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for their favorite or your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. That does it for us today. Again, follow me on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble and also Locked On Pods on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Guys, enjoy the NBA Finals. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.